0: Welcome to Into the Breach, a reps and warranties policy podcast by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer, partners and co-leaders of the transactional underwriting counsel practice at Seiforth Shaw. Interviewing leaders from the industry and exploring the latest developments, market trends, and news impacting RWI and the transactional risk insurance markets.
1: Welcome to the latest, greatest episode of Into the Breach. Um, one of your co-hosts here, Brian O'Keefe, and joined by my other co-host, Jenna Eustenheimer. How are you today, Jenna?
2: I'm good, Brian. I haven't left the house to avoid the freezing cold weather here in the city, but otherwise, hanging in. It, I hear it's it cold is. in D.C. too, actually.
1: It is cold in D.C., and we've had a yeah. fair amount of snow this year, actually, so far in D.C., so that's been uh, disrupting things, but um, <laughs> this is our first uh, actual uh, taping of 2022, so uh, we're glad to be back with our listeners and start off another season here. I guess, huh?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and so, Jenna, I don't think our listeners, the loyal, loyal, loyal listeners, know, um, you know, about our holiday gifts last year, and we're very familiar with your Hanukkah socks, I believe. So, we've not done a show since the holidays. So, did your parents come through again? Did they provide you with? you know yeah hanukkah present or was it a downer this year or you know
2: no it was actually really good i mean i think i asked for it they like asked me what i wanted and i came up with something good which was a corvin wine opener which is so first i broke it because um for listeners who don't know what it is it (laughs) basically it has like this long thin needle that pierces the cork in the wine bottle and you don't have to open the wine bottle and then the wine's supposed to stay good for longer but um, I like, destroyed the needle somehow, and I called have it replaced, and they said like this happens a lot with new users, it's user error, and they replaced it, and now it works great, and I really like it, so it was a good present.
1: That was from that was from your parents. That was from my parents. Yeah, I think I prefer the Hanukkah socks. I think that was a, <laughs> I don't know. This seems like way too practical, not quirky enough. You're gonna have to have your parents you the show and say Brian, you know, thinks they need to the, you know get you a better present for next year, so.
2: I think it's probably a lot more expensive than the Hanukkah
1: socks. So they'd be happy to hear that. Yeah. Well, we have a priceless guest on the show today, actually, to truly kick off uh, 2022. One of our uh, favorite people in the reps and warranty industry has decided to join us again on the show. Um, And we're really delighted to have here uh, our team, uh, Managing Director at Willis Powers Watson uh, is our guest today. Thank you for coming aboard, RT.
3: Thank you for having me back on the pod. I'm so excited to be here and joining you.
1: Well, we're excited that you are here. Thank you again. And um, I think, uh, RT, I think everybody knows you in this industry um, uh, and, and is familiar with you, but perhaps for some novice listener out there who has uh, not come across you yet, if maybe you just want to give a little bit of your own um professional background and uh, how you've ended up at Willis.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started my career as a corporate M&A attorney with Kelly Dry um, before moving over to the underwriting side of things at Allied World uh, back in 2014, where I was working with a great group of people who, um, you know, as the industry grew, are also now in different places. Um, But I continued to underwrite for for several years uh, after that, including at Ironshore and and Ethos, uh, prior to joining the broking world at uh, Willis Towers Watson um, in in 2018. So uh, as both of you know, uh, I left Willis uh, for a few months in 2020 to start an underwriting group uh, before making a very happy and and epic return to Willis um, last year. Um, Willis at the time, as you know, was going through a potential merger with Aon, so it was just a wild year.
1: Yeah, it, it certainly was. and You know, you have a background we've actually explored on other, uh, other episodes of the podcast um, and having been both a broker and having been a, uh, an underwriter as well. And I don't know, which do you like more? Which have you found to be the better professional uh, challenge here?
3: Um, you know, a little bit of it depends on which day you ask me that question <laughs> and which year, in fact. Um, no, but you know, one thing about being a broker, the, the main difference, I think, between being a broker and an underwriter is at an under, you know, when you're at, on the carrier side, you're selecting risk. You're saying no to certain risks that, that you don't want. Mm-hmm. When, when you're a broker, uh, a client comes to you and they need an insurance solution you've got to find a way to say yes there's not an option to turn away the business and so in some ways that that um you know leads to a lot of different challenges but it's also really fun because you get an opportunity to to be creative and really serve as an important advisor uh on you know through some really challenging situations
2: absolutely
1: and i think you mentioned this a little bit rt about uh about willis and we know that they were um sort of in a little bit of a state of flux in 2021 yeah. shall we say so um I just want to explain you know what your team is there and, and what your role is and, and what you've kind of been building um you know uh, a post aeon uh, uh, merger that didn't happen, i guess. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I sort of glossed over that point. Sorry, sorry. We so, noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So yeah, t- 2021. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have in the nose. It was a year transition. So yes. you know there was a potential Aeon Willis merger. The merger was called off. Um, as, as you know, probably many people listening to the podcast know. Um, so after that everyone took a nice deep breath um and then after the exhale you know the energy at willis um is unlike at any other point i've ever seen personally you know the company's making a tremendous investment in in human capital and infrastructure improvements and all of the things that maybe you couldn't pay attention to when you thought you were uh going through a potential merger um and you know willis has always been just a fantastic place to work, um, but as anyone going through uh, potential acquisition knows it brings a lot of uncertainty, which can impact, you know, energy and we're in the middle of a pandemic um, and we weren't in the office and able to see our friends and colleagues so. Um, I think there was a really important moment, uh, you know, after that was called off where we came back with a lot of energy and certainty about our directions and you know kind of were more unified as an organization overall and that's been really fun to be a part of. Um, honestly, Great. uh and it has affected our team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of the investment has been in transactional risk. So, uh we've grown to a t- team of 18 um wow. and yeah, which is really strong. Yeah. 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 We're really happy about it. And we've hired some really great folks. We've started going back into the office where, you know, the bonding and just to have, you know, experiencing um, you guys probably know this well, but you know, when you, when you bring a group of really wonderful people together, it's really fun to get to know one another and build something together. And we're definitely experiencing that. We love that. Um, We have our tax group head, who's um which is headed by uh, sheldon alpha uh, which launched during the pandemic but really got going last year so
1: just a lot of
3: really lovely momentum happening with the team right now that that uh we're proud of
1: i, I think we so we have to give him a shout out here because you hired one of our favorite people uh in alex uh from ethos (laughs) uh, who was uh, alex and so yeah Yeah. he's making a cameo and he didn't even know it uh but yes we love him i know is he
2: gonna be embarrassed maybe i I think I think Alex is going to love the shout out. So I think okay, this, will. this will be yeah.
3: a good test of like whether he listens. So I'll see
2: if he All yeah. <laughs> right,
1: Alex, when you are listening, realize I threw you in and Jenna was trying to cut you out there. So you
2: know, <laughs> you know. he knows that's not true. He wouldn't believe that.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's emblematic though, the type of hires you've been making and this sort of team that you've been uh, growing there in, and we completely agree that, um, the magic in all this is building a great team to work with. So I think uh, that's terrific that uh, you've been able to to do that even amongst all the other challenges that everybody was facing in 2021. So let's go on. Uh, you know, I, I think what we wanted to talk to you about today, RT as well was um, it was just kind of a looking forward to 2022 and um, yeah. you know, we know the 2021 in reps and warranty insurance was a crazy historic uh, you know, post-traumatic uh, uh, stress syndrome uh, sort of year with how busy it was. Um, but now that we've kind of had that behind us, um, you know, where do you think we're headed in 2022 and what sort of trends do you think we're going to see? And, um, you know, are we, are we going to see another historic year like we had in 2021 or where the lay of the land is? Yeah. 2021 was extremely
3: busy. Um, and <laughs> Yes, yes I, I think it'll be another busy year. Strong year for MA and for transactional risk. Um, you know, a lot of our clients, um, you know, are, are telling us about newly formed funds, and we know there's a lot of dry powder out there. Um, you know, I don't think it'll be as frenzied as 2021, which was particularly busy given the backlog of deals that were delayed from the year prior when the <clears throat> pandemic started. Um, And some of the the concerns around, you know, things like the tax code, which I think was driving a lot of the activity, um, have simmered. So overall, I feel really optimistic, um, partially because I love what I do, so I'm hopeful and energized that, you know, uh, 2020 will be a a really strong year. I anticipate a slight cooling from 2021, um, but... You know, given the tired voices and, and tired eyes that I started to hear <laughs> in December, <laughs> you know, that may not yeah. be a bad thing overall for the industry, just to have a, 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 a little bit A little bit break. Bigger. Yeah.
2: And so what do you see of, in like the number of carriers? Do you have a prediction? Do you think that the market's going to grow? Do you think it's going to shrink? Do you think we'll see new entrants or So we saw a crystal we, ball?
3: Yeah. And we so we saw three carriers enter in the second half of 2021. And those, you know, carriers have been, you know, really successful so far. And we saw that there was enough activity to keep, you know, the market um, hungry and and busy. Um, And so um, I think, uh, um, you know, based on what I'm hearing that there will be, uh, you know, more entrants in in, in 2022. And I, I think that's probably a good thing there were some real challenges um to in in the fourth quarter especially last year with um appetite restrictions and you know not every market has the same interest in in deals so there's definitely room sure. to come in and have a differentiated approach and i think be successful um and i think i think there are folks out there who are, g- are going to do that
1: yeah and what do you what do you think too Ar- i think that's right and i think what do you think too about um, just maybe the pricing in, in going forward in 2022. I actually did a a little exercise where I went back through deals I worked on in, in December and whatever that group is worth. You know, I mean, I, there were a lot of deals. It was all about four percent. A lot of deals at five percent, really, um, which was a price that you know you would not have seen even a year ago. I mean, do you think um, we're going to stay at those kind of levels, or are things going to kind of come back down to a more three to four percent range, or where do you kind of see the, the rate on the line going?
3: Yeah, it, it's a great question. And I'm, um I'm excited to see sort of how the beginning of this year plays out. You know, Willis is putting together our 2021 global review uh, of transactional risk activity. And so I reviewed a lot of the data for last year. And just like you're saying, uh, there was a particular spike that occurred in the fourth quarter of last Wonder. year when, when periods were flooded. Um, the, yeah. the minimum premiums went up. Um, I don't suspect that the the Q4 pricing is here to stay, um, which I think a lot of people will be, um, you know, a lot of our clients will be happy to hear. But I do anticipate the rates remain higher than the 2020 levels. Uh, When, you know, we were seeing rates online, I think at at some point, um, you know, the average rate online was between 2.8 and 2.9 percent, you know, a a 2.9 percent rate. Um, And so I think that's probably too low. you know the, the pricing was a reflection in my view both of the, of the you know a reaction to the claims activity that we started to see but also the human capital constraints that the market was facing and so I think some of those problems on especially on the underwriting side uh, will get worked out um and so uh, pricing will
2: level off but I think probably remain healthy. we were, that's one of the things we wanted to ask you about, about the human capital issues that we all saw. So you think it's going to get worked out just by virtue of reduction in volume or hiring a little more movement in the industry? What do do you think? Well, yeah. So I think, um, I think folks will be able to hire
3: a little bit more effectively. You know, last year, I think the volume did take a lot of uh, folks by surprise. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, we were all expecting a great year, but it it got to be um, just, just, you know, a bonanza of deals at at, at any given point. And that makes hiring. I mean, hiring involves training folks, um, you know, and the the time to recruit. And so it just, I think, uh, as a function of where we were when people realized they probably needed more, you know, underwriters or whatever it was, You know, cause some challenges. So I think now people are able. They they have a moment. They're going to be able to staff up a little bit better and sort of understand where their needs are. And so I think some of that will be will be solved just with time. I think think that's right. And I
1: think the human capital problem is a real. I mean, I saw it very. I thought it was just a, a challenge that I think isn't something we we go to conferences and stuff and it's not something that was really talked about um, that much. Um, But, you know, there's a finite number of people who are really qualified to do these jobs. And, um, you know, and you know, everyone's kind of going after the same pool of talent. And I think it really raises a big issue. And I worried, um, you know, I frankly was concerned about some of the, you know, people we work with, you know, burnout, all the like, I mean, I think it, um, you know, we just press forward and say, we're just going to keep, Doing it and doing it and doing it, but um, you know I think we don't want to you know, we want to make this still an attractive industry to work in and not um, something where you know people are really getting burned out and uh, you know. don't want to do this anymore because it's obviously not in the best interest of you know anybody kind of working in this industry. yeah absolutely
3: and I you know I was focused a little bit on, on the underwriting aspect of it but the, you know certainly that was happening on the broker side as well um and then also on the advisor side you know there were there were a couple of moments where you know underwriters were ready to go but they needed you know their advisors across you know financial or legal or whatever it was and there was you know just a, in the entire m a chain that sort of broke down for a moment given the uh um the deal volume so it was across the board
1: yeah, no, for sure. And then do you see any, Um, you know, uh, there were kind of some special areas, I think, that in <clears throat> 2021, we started to see even more uh, traction in, you know, there were more secondary deals. Um, I don't know if you see any sort of predictions about any areas in 2022 that you think may be a hot new special area that the product, uh, you know, may be growing into?
3: Yeah, so I hope so. I think, um you know, it's in in the interest of the entire market to continue to innovate and provide more solutions. But um, you mentioned one, so secondaries, Um, you know, we saw a lot of inquiries on on secondaries, um, especially the second half of last year. I think that that will continue to be a a high growth area Um, contingent as well. Uh, I think clients are um, sort of understanding transactional risk um insurance can be a solution not just on you know the reps uh in particular but any other known liabilities um, that they may be trying to work through with the seller and in tax um tax insurance has really uh evolved and become more popular and that was one area that we saw grow um, especially in 2021 and i think in, in 2022 uh they'll you know more carriers have tax underwriters now and i think we'll we'll
1: see a lot more offering of, you know, bespoke tax solutions as well. Yeah, I, I think we've already we've seen, been seen, you know, a we've gr- seen an uptick <laughs> yeah. even this year in yeah. tax. And tax, uh, yeah, and I think we've seen it too outside of the regular M&A um, I think most of our tax emissions have actually been outside the regular M&A right. context and have been um, kind of either standalone risk or risk related to tax litigation or tax positions are going to be taking, but not even not even coming out of MA and a deals. So I think it's an interesting area to continue to, uh, there's just a lot of big runway with that sort of work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then do you anticipate there's going to be a difference in like underwriting approaches and terms in the MBILs? Do you see like more and more readouts on the way? Do you think people are going to be more competitive? Where do you see the pendulum swinging on that?
3: Yeah, so without doubt, your know, terms got more restrictive um, yeah. throughout the year, last year. Yeah. And, you know, some of that, um, you do understand, carriers are having to triage risk and figure out what they really need, you know, where they want to spend their time um, and where they want to focus. Um, but it did take a little bit of a swing. We saw a lot of readouts, you know, beyond your standard knowledge qualifiers and moving into, you know, rewriting reps. Or more akin to, you know, in some cases what you'd see um, overseas. Um, I think, you know, again, it had a lot to do with just um, deal flow and timing constraints. And that at some point, carriers sort of said, you know, in order to be able to accept another risk, they have to be on these more conservative terms. Um, But with more capacity coming into the market in terms of additional carriers, hopefully hiring. Um, I'm hopeful that we get to a place where terms are, um, you know, more commercial than at least we saw toward the end of last year. Um, there might be. I think the reps is, you know, readouts and the reps are one area where we're going to have to really work through that because that it seems like carriers are more focused on what the reps are actually saying as they experience claims and respond to that. You know, um, you know, customer and supply supplier reps, for example. That's one where we're
2: seeing a lot of pushback from carriers that you might not have seen two or three years ago. We're seeing movement on that too, actually a more, more team across the market that they're moving in a more conservative position on customers and supplier reps yeah. for sure.
3: And not just on yeah. the reps, but just focus on it you know, in diligence and uh yeah. and the writing yeah. process as well.
2: Yeah. I would agree with that. Okay. Well Moving into the fun part of the podcast, we're here at- It's been one... fun so far. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for saying that. We pay our guests so that they say things like that. Um, so we're going to move into the quick hits once more Onto the breach. Um, so this is a question, not so much about what you see happening in 2022, okay. but what is one thing that you thought would happen in 2021 that didn't happen, didn't come to pass, if, if anything? Ah, okay. Um...
3: Well, I, I know this has been the theme of our conversation, but you know the entire year was just nonstop. And I do remember at some point in in the third quarter, you know, we were talking as a team uh, at Willis, and we thought, okay, it's no secret. You know, carriers have probably you know met their budgets early. There's usually some sort of pullback in appetite in, in the fourth quarter. But but given that we're early in, in the third quarter. We were really concerned that there would be a really widespread pullback um, in in Q4 that left us limited solutions for clients. Um, And although there were tougher deals and placements, tougher moments, Tougher terms, uh, for sure. I think overall, carriers kept their doors open. They kept quoting deals. They honored, you know, client relationships, and we were able to get it done. So, um, you know, positively, uh, I, I think uh, we didn't see that that same sort of nightmare scenario where there were just multiple deals that we
2: weren't able to find coverage for. <laughs> okay, so we avoided a nightmare scenario in twenty twenty one. That's important. Yes, we always like to hear that. Okay. And then another question, which you should be expecting, what is one piece of career advice that you would have for someone who might be interested in working in this area as a broker, as an underwriter, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I feel this way. We even talked about it a little bit before we
3: started recording, but, um, I, I just, you know, one of the reasons that it's, it's great to be in transactional risk is, because. um, the people in the industry are just really smart
2: and talented. So I'm just going to assume that that's a prereq. Um, yeah, but above and beyond that. Well, um, our wit- our listeners are only like smart and talented and great oh, people, course. obviously, right? right. They recognize talent.
1: Good looking, sure. too. Sure,
2: sure. right. Sure. right. 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 <laughs> just add that in. We have a face for podcasting, exactly.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, okay, great. Those are all prereqs. But what I would say <laughs>
3: is... Um, you know, being a valuable member of a team will take you really far. It is a relationships business. We spend a ton of time, uh, you know, on, on this work and you want to work with people that you like, um, you know, when it, when it comes down to, um, you know, working really, really long days. I always prefer to talk to someone, um, who I have a strong relationship with and with, who's a great person. And so, um, I don't know if it's a piece of career advice to be a good person, but, um, you know. I guess I, it is, it
2: impacts your career too. Yeah, <laughs> don't, so. be, don't be, no jerks allowed. It's good. Yeah, no jerks allowed, there you
1: go.
3: Yeah, no,
2: no, okay. I, I, think
1: that's, I, I think that's, I think it's a really good point because I think that's also what we have found in our team too. I mean, that's, uh, we all do very genuinely like each other and get along really well. And I think this work is so intensive that, Um, it's really hard to do this well, if you don't like the people you're working with in this area. And um, uh, I think that that is something that um, also, you know, uh, if you're a lone wolf, this is probably not the right field for you because you really do need to work with a team of people doing this and to do it well and do it right. So I think that's just a really excellent point, Artie. I can't, can't agree more with you on that. Absolutely. Great.
2: All right, and Brian, you're going to ask our. All right, so I'm going to ask a final the final
1: question. Day. So, okay, so um, we know 2021. I, I think you said before when we were chatting beforehand, it was 100 percent reps. I think uh, Jenna and I had the same experience, but hopefully, 2022 will be a little bit different. You'll have a little bit more free time. Is there any place you've, assuming we get Omicron under control and everything, is there any place you've wanted to go or anything you wanted to do that because you were 100 percent reps in 2021 just kind of got pushed to the wayside but uh maybe on your travel calendar or fun calendar in 2022 that was not on the calendar in 2021.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait to to travel again. Um and so we had a wonderful um trip planned, my spouse and I, to to Europe that we obviously didn't take. Um, we then went, we pivoted and we went to New Mexico and Arizona. And while it's not a comparison that is often made, I think New Mexico and Arizona were just as good as Paris, Um, and so wow. I have fallen in love with um, uh,
2: the, the, the South what, American Southwest. Yeah, the American Southwest.
1: The, the, the New Mexico <laughs> so, Convention oh. in, in Tourism Bureau is going to like promote our podcast now.
2: Yeah, I hope so.
3: <laughs> but you know, <laughs> if given the chance, I would actually take some time and do more exploring of you know areas in the U.S. where, um, like the American Southwest,
2: where. Um, I hadn't been before, but now love. Well, I just have well, to say, though, good. the I... food in Paris is so good. I mean, the food in Europe is just like, uni- well, I won't speak to every country, but Italy and France is so much better than the food in America. That that's that's the only thing I would have to disagree with you about.
3: Well, but John, have you have you tried the food in New Mexico? They have.
2: No, they, yeah, I was in <laughs> rattlesnake or. <laughs> it's fantastic! They have these great chilies. So I don't know. I don't know. All right, I'll have to go, and then I'll I'll taste test, and I'll report back. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we'll report back.
1: I actually I actually was looking at one point in the pandemic, like going to like Yellowstone and all these like national parks out in Wyoming that I've never been to, and we didn't do same. it, but you know, kind of along the same lines because. You couldn't travel any place, you know, too far away. So um well, I'm glad to hear you had a nice time. Me too, of and, course. Uh, uh yeah. We uh you know uh hope that you find new adventures in 2022 and get some time off here uh because you certainly deserve it after working such a crazy 2021.
3: Yeah, like likewise. Hey, uh, thank you so much for Great. again for, for having me on and for
2: anyone. Thank you for joining for, us. For tuning in. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we really thank you for coming on. You are a true leader in this industry and you're somebody that we, uh, you know, a real inspiration to us and somebody that we really look up to with this uh, with this field of work and just as a wonderful person, uh, more importantly, um, and a real intellectual leader here. So um, we're really delighted that you were able to join us today and also give our listeners all of your insights for 2022. So thank you so much.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank you both.
1: All right. Well, Jenna, we did it again. Um, so, perfect amount to, of time,
2: too. Good job. That's
1: it. Off thank you, RT. Year. So, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, it's another episode of Into the Breach. And until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Into the Breach. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, please visit rwipodcast.com. The views and opinions expressed by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Seifarth Shaw, LLP, its partners or its employees. The podcast does not provide legal or other professional services. This podcast is made available by The Lawyer Publishers for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the lawyer publishers. The podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. As defined in the State Bar of New York's Code of Professional Responsibility, this podcast is considered a form of attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcomes.